Hey there you lucky libertarians, welcome to another thrilling edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast number 33 and from me, Tom Laird and Anthony Samarov. The small one has returned, he has returned <laughs> from India and we have a very special guest on the show this week, we have Vince Perfetto all the way from New Hampshire who's going to school us in a moment about the Free State project that's going on over there and he's got a lot of good stuff to tell us about that. But first of all, Anthony, how was India? Well, I, uh, I reached enlightenment. Yep. And then I... Discovered... Somewhat disappointed. We expected you to be a glowing orb when you returned. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't that fun. Okay. You know... Uh... Oh, you're rather close to your chest with what you were doing. We reckoned that you were... Uh, that you went to one of Osho's shag fests. <laughs> if only. <laughs> right, okay. uh, a far more ascetic experience for me. I was okay. in, a, in an ashram. And I practiced some <laughs> yoga. An ashram. An ashram. Okay. Uh, Tried to make a pun out of ashram. <laughs> Came up with nothing. Okay. Have you got anything? Have I got anything? No, I think Ravi Shankar obviously had the same problem a lot of the time. Yeah, there's, there's been many Ravi Shankars. And, <laughs> and if and if their lore is to be believed, there's been many of each of us. Indeed. So the Scottish Liberty podcast has just been reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> Once more. And um, yeah, it was pretty good. I did some yoga. And uh, are, you, are you getting used uh, to wearing clothes again? Or? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, well, the shag fest doesn't last that long when I'm involved <laughs> the best of times, so my, my clothes were back on in, in a short order. Matter of moments, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, got used to eating with my hands, as is the norm. Doesn't everybody eat with their hands? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> How else would you eat your feet? I mean, I don't know. Oh, you mean like without a fork and knife? Right, okay, got you. It's pretty good, actually. At first, it feels totally weird, but you get used to it after a while. still want to eat with my hands now that I'm back, but apparently that's bad manners and you get chucked out of places for that. Okay. So, um, Well, welcome back to the show. We've missed you. Uh, the, the gay icon is now behind the camera. <laughs> And <laughs> just keeps he's, on. He's, he's, keeps doing, on he's, he's, back. he's doing our fact checking for us this week. Yeah. How are you doing? Darren does it. Darren. He's not at all pleased. It's all right. He does the editing, so that's going to get cut out. Yeah. So it's all good. So uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, enough uh, of this uh, folder all. So, Vince, you're here to tell us all about the Free State Project. What is the Free State Project exactly for those who don't know? And uh, should we be afraid of it? <laughs> uh, well, thanks for having me. I oh, appreciate no, it's great. you guys uh, having me thanks here. Thanks for coming um, on, especially since you're not feeling 100%. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. You might see me pass out later, so that could be good for ratings, right? Yeah. Um, I'll, be, I'll just be you know, nestling in your bosom uh, here in a few <laughs> minutes. Um, so, yeah, um, the FSP uh, was founded in 2001. And the idea kind of came from this guy, uh, Jason Sorens, who was a, uh, a grad student at Harvard, I believe it was. And uh, he basically just wrote this short article that said, I have this idea for this thing called the Free State Project, uh, which basically was, let's move uh, anybody who believes in liberty to one state. 
and he he basically didn't he didn't uh, really write that article to get everyone going, but he immediately had several hundred people reaching out to him saying, "Hey, um, how do I join this thing?" And he was like, oh, I, "It's not doesn't exist yet. It was just a, an idea I had." Yeah. So that's when he knew that there was a real demand for right. this. Um, you know, so essentially the idea is separately we lose. Uh, there aren't as many libertarians in the America or in the world um, aren't, aren't enough, you know, yeah. to uh, have a whole bunch of time, money, and energy to to win locally. Yeah. But if we can consolidate our efforts into one state, then uh, then we can succeed and we can win. And so there was a vote to see which state to move to in 2003. They picked New Hampshire, and uh, people started moving. So now we have over 20,000 people who have signed wow. a, a statement of intent to move to New Hampshire. Um, and about 2,000 have already made the move. Okay. Um, and that intent is within a, a, a certain period of time? Yeah, so originally yeah. the intent was uh, to move within five years of reaching the goal of 20,000. So now we've achieved that goal. So if you go to freestateproject.org slash join, uh, you're signing up saying that you intend on moving to New Hampshire within five years of signing up. Um, you can also go to freestateproject.org slash join and just become like a friend of the FSP if you just want to join the email list. Like once every month or two, we'll send an email out just giving everyone uh, a heads up on what's going on on New Hampshire news. Uh, so that's the idea. Um, you know, it's it's very simple. I think we were talking about this at the uh, Sunday meetup we went to a yep. pub. It was uh, two of us and four other guys. Um, the, the idea of the FSP is actually, it's so easy, it's hard. So a lot okay. of people... They think it's this big, complicated thing, but it's actually very easy. That's all we do is we tell, we, uh, we get the message out to other people who love liberty and the country and, and really the world um, that, hey, we exist, New Hampshire is awesome, and we want you to move here. And that's pretty much about it. Uh, once yeah. you move, then you can do whatever you want. You can move to any part of the state. You can uh, run for office, not run for office, help people run for office. You can do yeah. civil disobedience. You can get involved with uh, jury nullification efforts. Yeah. Um, Start your own private nonprofit, uh, start your own business, sure. and then of course hire liberty people with that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You can do whatever you want. You just move to New Hampshire and and do yeah. something. So tell us, I mean, you just quickly. I know you're dying to get in there. Um, <laughs> Zorns didn't just pick New Hampshire at random. He had there was reasons behind he picked New Hampshire. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, Jason Sorens, what he he's he's a real he's the real deal. He's a political scientist. Um, he's written uh, a couple of books, and they're not the normal books that you would see in like Barnes and Noble or some bookstore. Um, these are real academic journals. Uh, so if you find any of his work, it's it might be a little tough to for the average person like yeah. like me to to read. Um, so this guy uh, he's studied all throughout the world different movements and he came up with a ballpark figure of if we can find a state within the United States of the 50 states that has a population of 1.5 million or less yeah. and move 20,000 people there that are actually libertarian activists, mm -hmm. then we can, uh, we can have a good foothold and um, we hesitate to use that word, the phrase mm -hmm. take over, but, <laughs> but um, because we obviously influence. the idea, yeah, influence, right? So obviously the idea was, not just find a state that has a relatively small population, but who has an existing pro-freedom culture, which New Hampshire has. Um, all 50 states have a state motto. Florida, for example, is a sunshine state. New York, you might know, is the empire state. Uh, New Hampshire, the state motto is live free or die. 
And uh, that quote um, comes from a guy, uh, General Stark. And the full quote is, live free or die, death is not the worst of all evils. Yeah. And obviously that's a very firm quote. Yeah. Live free or die is on everyone's license plates, on all their cars. Uh, it's on, as you're growing up as a kid, whether it's government school or private school or whatever, uh, it's all on, uh, you know, uh, paperwork, etc. here and there. Yeah. You'll see it on road signs. Mm -hmm. So the live free or die attitude for decades has been all over New Hampshire. So really there's been a pro-freedom culture there uh, that has been existing far before the FSP was in there. Right. So a lot of people actually say, there are people who already live in New Hampshire and they say, we're so glad that you guys are coming here <laughs> right. because we've been trying to fight these you know, big yeah. government people off for decades and we've been losing. So now it's like we're the cavalry coming in to help right. them. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's very, it, you were saying uh, that it's quite easy because there's a, for every, for the state representatives that you have, it's quite a small population that they, they represent. How does that tell us about how that compares? It's like the state reps? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, the best state for uh, representation. So uh, there's about 1.3 million people in New Hampshire, and there are 400 state representatives. So each state is about the same in terms of the, like if many, many people know the, the federal government of America, you have your president and the House and the Senate. And that's basically how most states work the same way. You have your governor and your house and your Senate. Uh, in New Hampshire, that's how it works. And then we have, uh, I, I probably shouldn't get into this, but there's, a, there's another branch called the Executive Council, which uh, is a separate thing. But okay. So you have governor, house, and Senate. Senate has 24 people, uh, but the house has 400 reps. Okay. You divide that out, about 3,300 people per representative. Um, so... As a, uh, as a candidate, you can run for office and be a state rep, and even if all you have is two or three thousand dollars, you can dominate as a state, uh, oh. in, as, a, as a candidate to win. Right. Um, and so far, we've had well over 20 people that are free staters that have moved to New Hampshire for more freedom and run for office and win. Uh, so we're, we're not just moving and helping other candidates win that, that have already lived in New Hampshire, but we're moving and winning. Um, and if we have, let's say, 20, 25 people that are state reps now with only 2,000 movers, multiply 2,000 by 10, that's our 20,000 goal. Yeah. So when we get to 20,000 movers, you can do the math there. We'll, we'll have a, either all or almost all of the state house will be dominated. And, that, and I also want to mention... That's just free staters. So we also have people in New Hampshire that are non-free staters, people who have already lived there, that are pro-liberty. Right. Right. So we have a block of about 100 people out of those 400 that we consider to be uh, pro-liberty that have been endorsed by this organization called the NHLA, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which we can talk about later. Sure. Um, so we have about 100 of those. So again, you can do the math. Yeah. And figure out that, you know, this is a very, very, very reasonable um, and, and very likely thing. I. I think it's only a matter of time before we actually have a, a real libertarian society in wow. New Hampshire. And, you know, quite apart from the political dimension, which we can explore in more detail, tell us about the sense of community, because I can just say, you know, from our own experience, when we started these uh, libertarian meetups in Edinburgh and Glasgow, you know, maybe we'd get three, four, five, six mm -hmm. people coming along. In the last year, we've had people coming from Edinburgh to Glasgow, from Glasgow to Edinburgh, and the real, the numbers, and the, the feeling of having 12, 15 
libertarians at our at our um, annual general yeah, yeah. meeting. How yeah. many did we have then? I don't know. There was good. There was over maybe, twenty. I think. Yeah, yeah, easily so, maybe over thirty. Yeah. The feeling of community was extraordinary. And uh, can you speak to that and, and, you know, what it's like just to feel like you're not, you know, uh, on your own surrounded by uh, Republicans and Democrats, but actually by people who feel similarly to the way you do, not just a minority? Yeah, so I feel the same way when I was in Florida. So I, um, I used to live in Florida for 26 years in southwest Florida. Very, very hot. Yeah. Uh, moving to the extreme other way in New Hampshire, it's in the northeast in the United States. Very, very cold. Excuse me. Um, it snows a lot. So drastic climate uh, change for me and for a lot of other people. And so when I was in Florida, um, what well, I experienced the same thing that you guys experienced. You know, we, we would have, I only have a handful of uh, libertarian friends there. Um, and everyone else was just, you know, regular, either apathetic or they're, you know, very Democrat or Republican. And that's that. Uh, mostly apathetic people who don't pay attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably at most places in the world. Yeah. But um, and so instead of having just a few people that you know, when you move to New Hampshire, there is an absolutely massive number of people. Like I, I have four hundred and something mm -hmm. Facebook friends on my personal profile, and uh, I, I don't know, maybe half or so, or at least a quarter, are libertarians in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, you can go to uh, nhcalendar.org, and that will redirect to this uh, New Hampshire Liberty Calendar. And you'll see when you go there, uh, a, a huge number of dates throughout any, any given month of the year. Almost every single day in the whole month has a meetup going on. Wow. It could be, it could be a, an activist meetup where you can go to, let's say, uh, jury nullification, which several hundred years ago, I think that concept came from you guys from the UK. Okay. And um, uh, so the concept of you can nullify a law uh, from the jury, right? Um, that outreach happens a lot in New Hampshire. There's an organization, nhjury.org, I believe is their website. Um, so they have a little trifold. And so people will go to the different courthouses in New Hampshire and pass out these uh, flyers, these trifolds, to all the jurors that are coming in, uh, telling them, hey, there's a thing called jury nullification, you can do this. If you don't like the law that this person is being accused of uh, violating, then you can nullify that law. So this is like another wow. chance for the people to have their say. Okay. Um, so you could have uh, a meetup throughout the month doing that, a meetup just to go out to a bar, to go out to a restaurant just to hang out, uh, or to help somebody you know, stuff some envelopes and do some activism. So I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things uh, that people can do. Um, all throughout the month, every almost every single day, there's something to do. So people probably have different levels of involvement. Mm -hmm. And how many meetups do you need to go to before you get to meet John Galt? <laughs> Three. No, <I> <laughs> um, no, but you can also make your own meetup. Like there are, there are so many uh, FSP related, uh, pro liberty related uh, Facebook groups. Um, I don't remember which Facebook group this is, but there's one that has a file. You know how Facebook groups work. So you can click on files. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you can click on files and there's a whole massive list of different Facebook groups that are, you know, yeah. either loosely associated with the Liberty Movement in New Hampshire. I mean, there's 
there's even a Facebook group for people who love liberty and board games, you know, it was right. like, or people who like liberty and, go, and like to go hiking or whatever. It's um, strangely a, a, a higher percentage who like playing board games than going hiking. <laughs> I think there's more, well, there's like, basically there's like a, uh, like an active, uh, physically active uh, Facebook group where you can do hiking or work out or go to the beach or, yeah. or something. But, um, you know, you can even go to one of the, you know, just general Facebook groups, like within the regions of New Hampshire, like I used to live on the free coast, we call it, the, it's, it's formally called the sea coast, but we call it the free coast, the part of New Hampshire that touches the Atlantic Ocean. Um, you can go in that group, for example, and say, hey, uh, uh, so-and-so and I and a few other people are going to have a beer at this bar tonight at, you know, eight, so if anybody wants to join us, boom. And you might have like five or ten people show up or something like that. Um, and that's, and they're all libertarians. You can just go out and, and hang out and not just, because you all have a baseline at that point, you know, just like yeah. at your meetups, um, you have a baseline that everyone at that meeting understands the basic philosophy of liberty. And then you don't have to actually explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can kind of advance to other, other levels, you know. So how does it, I mean, how does it compare? I mean, you came up, uh, you went up to New Hampshire from, from Florida. You were talking about the amount of, uh, the representatives that were at the state level and the each representative uh, represented about 3,000 people roughly. How would that compare to Florida? How many? Uh... Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I ran the numbers, but I remember before I moved, so I moved in 2010. Yeah. Um, so I, by the way, I, f I found out about the FSP in 2007 while watching uh, Ron Paul give a talk at Liberty Forum, which is one of the two events that the FSP puts on every year. Uh, and I thought, well, that, that idea sounds pretty cool, uh, but there's no way I'm moving to New Hampshire. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. right. And then three years later, I moved to New Hampshire. So <laughs> wow. uh, you might be hearing about this for the first time. Don't just uh, write it off because you never know. You might be just like me and three years from now, you're moving to New Hampshire and you're trying to find a way there. Like um, he's packing the bag as we speak. That's right. Well, hey, I would welcome all. <laughs> yeah, all I don't know how guys. easy it is to get citizenship. Well, I mean, you well, know, we were, we were going I, to touch I, on yeah, that. Yeah, that's actually. right. I yeah. swore. Uh, you know, I wasn't interested in political action when I met these guys in the yeah. Scottish Neither was I. Party. Yeah. I was, as far as I was concerned, I was an anarchist and agorist. And I thought that political action was pointless. Now I'm thinking of standing in a council election. And it's yes, uh, the 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 sense of community can really empower you to do a lot more, you know. If you're meeting like-minded people, if you're a writer, when having people to read your stuff and give you feedback, um, you know, uh, finding a babysitter that will actually read Hayek to your kids before they go to bed <laughs> can make a real difference. Can really make a real difference. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about... Uh, sorry, I was going to come in on both. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to answer your question yeah. more directly, if I remember... It's been a while since I've looked into the Florida representation, yeah. but I remember it was somewhere around, uh, it was somewhere around 100 and 150,000 people per representative in Florida. Right. Um, and that was the same ballpark figure as far as how much you had to raise. Like, remember earlier I told yeah. you, if you raise about two grand yeah. uh, to run for a state house, then you'll probably win, or at least you have a very good chance, right? Yeah. And then in Florida, it was somewhere around that $100,000, $150,000 to okay. win a state mm. house uh, race in Florida. Yeah. And then like you were talking about community, um, the most I've ever seen, by the way, is we had a, a meetup in Hampton, New Hampshire. Um, the first Hampton meetup we had, if you include the kids, 44 people came out. So you can imagine this meetup, 44, you know, 
husbands, wives, kids, you know, people of all ages and everything, um, all just showing up at this one restaurant. Of course, the restaurant was completely overwhelmed, yeah. and we don't blame them for being overwhelmed that day. Any restaurant would be overwhelmed if 44 people showed up all at once. But, um, yeah. you know, we, we do have that sense of community that you were talking yeah. about, Anthony, you know, okay. and it's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's just a beautiful thing. You were telling us something interesting as well. Could you tell uh, all our listeners and viewers the amazing salary that someone who's a state representative in, in New uh, New Hampshire, how much, much did they earn? Yeah, so <laughs> it has never changed since uh, the 1700s when the uh, salary was first instated. So uh, every single one of the 400 state reps and 24 state senators makes the same exact salary, which is a grand total of $100 per year. <laughs> so your salary is $100 a year. And they actually will cut you a check for $100. Um, some state reps will actually either give it back or they'll donate it to like the NHLA, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance or something like that. But, but yeah, 100 years awesome. ago, that must have been an awesome salary though. I mean, it wasn't though. too bad, I suppose, a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> well, this is the, an interesting point because people sometimes talk about that here in the UK, our representatives getting paid too much money. And there's a real tension between the two sides because on one hand you say, well, look, if you're in it, you should be in it out of passion and you shouldn't be there to pick up a salary. And then other people will say, well, uh, why are people going to, who are really competent when they can get a hundred grand or upwards in industry, why are people who are competent going to go into government? And then, oh, well, if you don't pay them well, then poor people can't run. Um, and they'll be more so, open to yeah. bribery and corruption if they're not getting a decent salary, right. all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a complicated question. Yeah. From my perspective and yeah. my own personal opinion is uh, from a liberty perspective, I would prefer they all make zero dollars yes. because they're not getting paid voluntarily through I donations. Agree. They're getting paid through taxpayer dollars. Yeah. So I would say uh, my own personal opinion is $200 a year, $200 for every term they serve for two years. So $100 a year uh, is $100 a year too much for me. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And so you were going to say? Yeah. Throw them all in the sea. <laughs> and the free cost. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. So, uh, so you, in your opinion, then, do you buy this idea that if you if you don't pay your representatives, I mean, what what? How would you describe the average representative that you have there in New Hampshire? How would you describe the quality of them? Are they are they competent? Are they? I mean, mm-hmm. what sort of? I know it's going to be a wide gamut of people, but who generally runs for? For the state, um, the state house is it? Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> vermin supreme. <laughs> it's not quite that bad, okay. but I mean, um, I, there are, with four hundred state reps, as your as your question implies, you get a you get a, a great variety. Yeah. Um, if you hang out in New Hampshire politics long enough, you either run or you know someone very personally that that has run or that is already in office. Um, yeah. And. I, I will tell you a little insider story is that I, I won't name this person, but okay. one of my good friends who did, who was a state rep, um, who I used to work with at a job, um, he, I'll never forget his quote was, after he was in there for a little while, he told me, he used the word clowns. He said, a lot, so many of these people are clowns. Mm-hmm. And what he meant was, they don't know where anything is, they don't know any procedure, they don't know, they don't know basic economics, they don't okay. understand... Uh, not that they just don't even understand liberty, but they just don't understand basic life, like common sense skills. You know what okay. I mean? 
um, mental skills in other words. Um, have any of them had jobs in the real world before they, they, they went there or, is it, or have they spent their entire life just, yeah? That's a good question. A lot of them are, you know, former uh, government school teachers or unions, union workers, etc. Right. You know, maybe police officers or firefighters or something like that okay. uh, who were, have worked for the government. And then other people are, uh, like I know, you know, real estate agents which um, the guy who uh, sponsors a lot of FSP events uh, is this guy, Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor. So he's, all, he's actually not just been a state rep and the head of the NHLA, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, but um, he's, uh, he's created his own business of, hey, if there's a lot of people moving to New Hampshire, I might as well be a realtor, you know? So yeah, he, yeah. he, he said something like 95% or 100% of all of his clients are all just basically pro-liberty people. Right. We're looking to buy property, so you can imagine your whole business plan is you, you get to work with awesome people. Cool. You know that that you know it's a win-win. You know. And speaking of the porcupine, I do love that symbol of liberty. What's the deal with the porcupine? Well, it's perfect. You know, they're a um, a gentle creature that will not initiate the use of force, but mm -hmm. he's armed to the teeth. If you try and grab him or do, or lay hands on him, right. you will hurt. You you will get hurt. He's ready to defend itself, yeah, okay. but is otherwise a sweet and affable creature. And I really do love that symbol. I think it's perfect. So what's the the pork? Is it the porcupine fest or the pork fest? Was mm -hmm. it? Is that how is that related to the? Is it, is it related to the the Free State Project? Yeah. Okay. Um, and just to uh, expand on your description, it was a perfect description of the porcupine. Mm, yeah. um, so uh, the other thing is that we, we've also, you know, imitation is a form of flattery. So there have been other libertarian groups that have taken on the porcupine mm. as their logo. And right. uh, from what I understand, the FSP doesn't, you know, uh, go out and do the intellectual property thing. But, yeah. um, you know, the more people see the porcupine, the more they're going to come back to the original yeah. porcupine logo of the FSP. But I didn't know that you that it was originated there either. I yeah, just thought, I just thought I it was a symbol for libertarianism the mm -hmm. same way, you know, we've all seen the, you know, giraffe and elephant. Oh, well, they, they shows a porcupine. Yeah. It looks great. And uh, when, when are you getting us a slot at Porkfest to do our live there you go. Scottish yeah. Liberty podcast? <laughs> well, yeah, so Porkfest, to address your question, um, is uh, one of the two annual uh, events that the FSP puts on. So um, it's called Porcupine Freedom Festival, but Pork Fest for short. And uh, so you can go there and uh, you know broadcast your podcast there. It's very, very easy to get your own event at Pork Fest. You just contact the organizer and say, hey, I want to do an event right here. Uh, and they'll even give you a spot to set up and all that, and they'll promote your event. So you can even go there with your whole gear either at your campsite or uh, at one of their pavilions or, or tents and do your thing and have a, a live audience and everything. So, um, so Pork Fest for the uninitiated, um, it started, I want to say it was 2000, it probably was started back in like 2002 or three or something like that. It was like Pork Fest Zero or Pork Fest Zero is what they call it. Um, and it's every year and it's in uh, Northern New Hampshire in Lancaster which you guys also had here. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking about this. I think yours day. was the original and possibly best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there are a lot of uh, UK towns and counties uh, yeah. that have been copy and pasted over. So Lancaster is just yet another one. Okay. And uh, it's gotten so big that it's around 1,200 to 1,500 people come out every year uh, from all over the country and all over the world. And uh, it's that's the relatively cheap uh, or, um, event that we put on every year. 
Uh, it's a week long, although there's been some debates over whether it should be shortened because okay. there's just a lot of man hours mm -hmm. that go into this. It's all volunteer, by the way. Right. Um, a bunch of events, everything under the sun, every single possible subject you can think of from, you know, guns to healthcare to, um, you know, homeschooling, et cetera, et cetera. You could have big time speakers like your, you know, Bob Murphy, Tom Woods. Uh, and then like, uh, you might've heard of overstock.com, Patrick Burns, the CEO of that company. We got him one year. Yeah. Um, you know, Gary Johnson, the guy who ran for president of the Libertarian Party, came yeah. several times, I think three years okay. in a row. All right. Um, and then, so he knew where that was. Even though he didn't know where Aleppo was, but he, <laughs> knew, where he, but he knew where New Hampshire was. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Um, but he didn't go around messing with people's cakes or anything like that. He didn't no. know. Okay. Right. So, so you can, I was, good telling people you, you have to make a Nazi cake you know, or anything like that. Yeah. I, I will tell you... Um, <laughs> I probably should. I'll give you guys a little insider information this, yeah, here, right? Sounds good. Um, you heard it here first. The guy, well, you didn't hear it from me first <laughs> or second. Sorry, we'll, we'll edit you out. Yeah. yeah um, that guy, Patrick Byrne, uh, is, he's, a, he's this guy is filthy rich, you know, CEO yeah. of Overstock and he has other businesses and he was talking to, and this is in front of a, uh, a room full of, uh, you know, several hundred people and he was talking about the real way that Wall Street works about how you might own a share in a company, but it's not actually a share. You only own like a share of what somebody else owns or they don't even own. Anyway, it's a big, I'm not going to pretend to understand yeah. it, but the guy went into detail about how the whole thing is just one big sham. All of Wall Street is, is a big sham and a big, uh, you know, con, con artist story. And um, before he went up and, you know, give, gave this big talk about, you know, the truth about Wall Street, uh, he came into our tent because uh, we, we did this film called 101 Reasons, which you can check out on YouTube for free. So just go to YouTube and type in 101 Reasons, uh, Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, and you can watch it. It's an hour-long documentary about the Free State Project. And one of the people in that film, we got Patrick Byrne, and uh, while he was, right before he uh, interviewed with us in our tent, uh, he's like, has anybody got any pot? You know, so he like smokes, smokes some pot like right there in front of like, this hitting, he's like, he's a little bit, um, you know, make sure there aren't any cameras on him at the time because he was concerned that, you know, some pictures might get out. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a really cool guy, not just because of that, but because yeah. of, um, you know, you can, you can tell that he's not your average corporate CEO. That's he's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. They also, they take Bitcoin on overstock.com. Okay. And recently I heard within the last year or so, uh, they started to give their employees an option of getting paid in Bitcoin. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the Bitcoin pro proponent in the room. Um, yeah, yeah. Darren's our, Darren's our Bitcoin guy. Our Bitcoin bandit. <laughs> yeah, although he didn't know what was happening in New Zealand with Bitcoin when I asked him to. There's something happening in New Zealand with Bitcoin. Check. Yeah, you can do that. You could fact check now and tell us exactly what's going on in New Zealand. Anyway. So, uh, so we got to the Pork Fest. Uh, the other festival was? So the other one is the other side of the FSP. It's called Liberty Forum. Um, so uh, Pork Fest is in June yeah. every year. Uh, and then Liberty Forum is almost always in February. Uh, so the really cold one, and then there's the warmer one. It can get cold overnight in, okay. in, in northern New Hampshire, for sure, even in June. Uh, 
So Liberty Forum is the more high-end uh, event. So generally people wear, you know, suits and ties or at least get dressed up. Um, and, you know, there's uh, dinners and there's speakers and that costs a lot more money to go to Liberty Forum. So you have your, you know, high-end event uh, that's more of a, uh, it's in a hotel with a, you know, uh, lobby. And you have some vendors there and uh, different rooms for events. And then Porkfest, of course, is outdoors. Okay. Uh, so you can camp bring your RV. There are some hotels there or hotels nearby. There's a hotel on site. So it's definitely a totally different, uh, separate vibe at both events. Okay. Is the high end one more of a kind of business seminar type thing than? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say business seminar, seminar, but I would say it's more of your, uh, like your high end people. Like you might actually see some crossover there where local politicians that are, uh, just regular politicians or Republicans or whatever, like your standard uh, people, they might actually cross over and come out to the event okay. and check it out um, because it's not Porkfest. <laughs> Porkfest is more like you have to drive a couple hours, but um, uh, Liberty Forum is uh, usually, it used to be in um, Nashua, which is right on the border between New Hampshire and uh, Massachusetts. And then uh, that's, in, now it's in Manchester, which is the next town north of that. Okay. Um, the next major city. Um, and then Lancaster's in Northern New Hampshire. So, so when you say forum, does that mean you're putting on speakers and having discussions and things like that um, to educate? That's the impression mm -hmm. I get. Yeah, exactly. Well, I would say both. Liberty Forum and Porkfest do both of those things. I would just say Liberty Forum is just more, more high-end. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have like a really nice, like, you, if you pay enough money, like <laughs> you get... If you, if you pay enough money, you get your really nice breakfast in the morning, your really nice lunch, your really nice dinner, uh, and that's all included in your in your price. And um, we and also to give you an idea of how how successful Liberty Forum has been is uh, last year, two thousand sixteen, uh, the FSP actually had Edward Snowden live awesome. via video stream from Moscow uh, on the Saturday uh, of February of twenty sixteen. That was huge. That was right after we triggered the move and got twenty thousand signers. Um, so there, I was in the in the third row. This this room was huge. Every seat was taken, standing room only. They had overflow in, in another room. Uh, just couldn't have enough people watching uh, Edward Snowden live. And uh, we all had. You can probably go on YouTube and see. Actually, you can go on YouTube and watch this whole this whole thing and uh, you might be able to detect me in a couple of those videos there. I'm in the third row, <laughs> close to the middle. And I was just, it was just mind blowing. Here's Edward Snowden uh, right here, live, at, right in front of me on the big screen. Uh, it's, th those are the kind of caliber speakers that you'll see at Liberty Forum. Awesome. So it sounds like uh, Pork Fest more like kind of like a music festival where you camp out and uh, this is more like a, a, you know, the kind of event that might happen in the lobby of a hotel or something like that. Right. The pressure. Yeah, more of a convention yeah, center convention. kind of convention. Uh, so I meant yeah, okay. feel. Got you. And then um, Porkfest, you do see some music at night. Mm. It's not, there's not too much music there. Um, it's just because there's like no libertarian bands and maybe <laughs> a rush aren't available that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we try. I mean, there aren't, like you say, there aren't too many libertarian bands, so there are kind of eh, kind of. It's kind of it's quality, pretty but... easy to write a punk rock song about like 
eating the rich, but it's kind of hard <laughs> to make a song compelling when the main theme about it is, hey, if you earned that, you should get to keep it. It's not, it's not, it's not really sticking it to the man, really, is no, it's, it? It's not yeah. really punk, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sticking it to the man, well, let, let's face it, they've been sticking it to the man for, what, 50 years, and I've noticed the man's just pretty much took everything they've had to give and going on about his business. Yeah, you know, and so. they've not even managed to learn a fourth <laughs> chord yet to put them the <laughs> So, uh, Darren? Yeah, I was going to say that um, since we haven't really done research interrupts, I don't really know what to do. Okay. Um, but I've switched to the... Well, you just interrupt. Whatever just, it is that you're meant to do, you're, you're doing it. I'm yeah. doing it. So I'm interrupting. So I hope this works because I switched the microphone on on my phone so people should be able to hear me. Okay, good. Uh, so the New Zealand story about Bitcoin um, recently is that BitNZ, one of the largest ex exchanges in that country, okay. has basically just been refused banking access because it is hostile to banks, the bank has now declared. So all of a sudden they need to stop trading because basically they can't hold New Zealand dollars or whatever it is over there right. um, on behalf of their customers. That's so kind of huge. Everyone has to withdraw their Bitcoin by the 15th of April. That's mental yeah. and it's funny in New Zealand of all countries when we consider that New Zealand I think is fourth on the economic freedom index you think it would be one of the last well maybe that's why the reason that the system's chosen to fuck with it mm. you know yeah here we you know the, th the, the only reason why there isn't a multiplicity of currencies to bank with is because it makes it impossible to tax people when they can earn money in whatever they want so, but here's the thing, though. I mean, uh, I know we're taking the sides here, but why not? We have uh, we have multiple currencies on an international level. That's right. And you could earn dollars, francs, whatever. You know, there's this, there's a multitude of international currencies. Why, you know, why should it really be any different to have a multitude of currencies on a on a national level? You, you mean philosophically? I mean, yeah, yeah, philosophically. I, I, think, I think you can get in trouble for paying people in a currency other than the cu currency. Oh shit! The Where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, right. So you, it's not the it's not the done thing to do. No, that. Um, in some countries they will pay people in dollars just because the inflation rate is yeah, so yeah. high that it's not worth holding on to your. I don't want to name any names, but you can get in trouble with the police for that. Kind of thing. So you're not allowed to trade in what you want. <laughs> you're not allowed to keep what you earn. Uh, yeah. We need to set up. You're not even allowed to stay in your own house. Yeah. Sometimes. And if you, so if you want to see it change, you got to get your butt over to New Hampshire because it's one of these things. I think freedom works so well that it seems to me that if one place gets it, it's only a so matter a matter of time before they outcompete the place, the surrounding states so well that um, other people want to nick their ideas, yeah. which is, I think, something that's worth talking about. You know, when we look at the political situation in America right now, with all these, um, well, I don't even know if they're left-wingers or they're just really angry that Trump won. I mean... I think it's the latter. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're the same people who, whatever pro whatever the problem is, the only solution is more democracy. More democracy will fix that. Uh, they're showing they're showing their disdain for democracy. And I'm not a Trump supporter. I've got right. a lot of problems with the guy. Yeah. In fact, a very I've got there's very few things that Trump's said that I, I'm actually happy with. Um. Um. But 
here you have a society, it's a collection of societies. Mm. You've got an electoral college system based on the idea that to form a government, you need to win the support of as many of those societies as possible. If, if people saying, oh, Trump didn't win the popular vote, but if he was going for the popular vote, he would have ran his campaign to win the popular vote. Is it not just irreconcilable, right? You've got this Bible Belt where they've got very different cultural values from this arc at the top, where, you know, they're, they're, they're more likely to want to legalize cannabis here they're, they're, or abortion. Mm. They're more likely to want to keep their guns in this bit in the middle. Would it not just be better if it had been two countries or three countries or... or 50 countries. 50 countries, you know, uh, or at least... Well, I think that was the way it was originally set up. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. that was. The whole I, I idea. was yeah. in in America. And I was speaking to a friend, a relation of a relation, or something like that. And I said this, and he was a liberal, and he said, "No, it was good because it was good. They had a federal government because they needed to impose this stuff basically on the Bible Belt." He actually basically he didn't use those words, but he more or less said that it, that you know they shouldn't be allowed to do the kind of stuff that they want. Right. So it's good that America's and I just the they're the ones they're the the liberals. And I felt way, way aligned with liberals, not with conservatives, when George W. Bush was in power. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It seemed like they, they were the ones with the right values. They were against the war and stuff like that. Obama came in and they completely disappeared. So I, I, I've been doing a lot of talking. I just, you know, what is the what future can there be for America? What's the best plan for America? And, um, California How can they get... I mean, that would be great. You know, California, I'm sure they'd love to have universal health care, 70, 75% of people there. So they can just have their universal health care and the right. other 25% can move to New Hampshire. Isn't there something, because we talked about this before, about uh, wouldn't it be great if California secedes, it could start something. Yeah. Isn't there an amendment in the Constitution since the Civil War, or the War of Northern Aggression, if you prefer, um, isn't there some sort of, uh, amendment now that says that a state can't can't secede from the union, or uh, so yeah, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Okay. Uh, so uh, first, I'll agree with what you said earlier, which yeah. is that uh, originally, yes, it was the thirteen colonies that declared their independence from uh, the British Empire, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And so, <clears throat> if you read the Declaration of Independence. Uh, King George at the yeah. time, right? He he actually signed uh, the declaration on his end uh, for each state. So each he, he had to sign at like essentially I don't want to say a different document, but he had to separately sign yeah. that all of these thirteen colonies were separate. He didn't say yes, all of you, the whole United States are are separate. He was saying all you individually are separate now. Right. And uh, the same thing for how the the U.S. side. Uh, they were, uh, they were different states in the in the sense of the word, you know, the nations. Yeah, that's how you're right. That, that's how it originally was supposed to be. Um, yeah, so there's been you know a little uh, controversy over whether or not the uh, the supreme the supreme court in the U.S. has said uh, no, nobody can ever leave again. Mm. But really, I don't feel like uh, legally 
any nation in the history of the world who has ever separated from any larger government has ever really cared yeah. uh, what the central government has said. I mean, uh, we used this analogy when we were hanging out uh, yeah. in the meetup the other day, yeah. is you have this uh, dynamic of here's this abusive husband who's, you know, uh, beating his wife, lying to his wife, cheating on his wife, you know, uh, abusing her uh, left and right. And uh, at, at some point, the wife says, hey, I want to leave. And then the two of them go to divorce court. It happens to be that the judge is the brother of the husband. Right. And the judge says, uh, you know, I ruled that the two of you have to stay together. Case closed. Yeah. And that's essentially what uh, these big government types feel uh, mm. is the Supreme Court is saying in the United States, which is the, the same analogy. Okay, we, we're in it together to, you know, force you to stay together. Yeah. Obviously, no one would say that the wife should be forced to stay with an abusive, mm -hmm. you know, lying, yeah. beating Apart husband. Apart from the husband. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. The husband and then maybe his brother or something. But um, I personally don't feel that it, it's any relevance whatsoever, whatever the Constitution says or doesn't say regarding uh, independence of the I, state. I, I only mean that it would be relevant in as much as, you know, would the federal government be prepared to go to war over it again the way they done, you know, back in the day? You know, saying like, you know... California, if California wanted, you know, you're really risking the threat of an invasion here because uh, if, you, if you choose to go down this path, we will by force keep you mm -hmm. in the union. After all, we, you know, we, we, yeah. there's a precedent for it. That's what they did. That mm -hmm. was the whole civil war was about the first time was to keep the, the states That's in the true. union. So uh, why, yeah, why would so California get away with that? Suddenly you know? the liberals will be this. Uh, Annoyed that they disarmed themselves. Yeah, <laughs> the that's so true. That's yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, I could but, probably look this up real quick, but um, I am also uh, associated with. I'm on the board for uh, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. So okay. there are multiple states that have their oh, own right. independence movements. So there's uh, Alaska, which is that state that's hanging out by itself. Yeah. Up in the northwest. Texas. Um, yeah, Texas, California, Vermont, New Hampshire, uh, and I think there are other several smaller uh, movements throughout the country, but there are definitely independence movements, whether they be big or small throughout the okay. country. And uh, in terms of the, of the violence, you know, we're, uh, and, and I, I think the other states would agree with me on this, we're strictly a non-violent. Yeah. Uh, we don't want any violence from them or from us or anything. We just want to leave peacefully. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I, I personally feel that um, if you look back, and again, I could look this up here if you want me to, but I, I recall there being um, an article that said throughout the world in the last you know, something like 40 years, I believe there was about 30 or so countries that had been created peacefully through mm -hmm. referendum or vote yeah. of some kind. Um, there's no need for war. There's no need for a, a violent separation uh, from anywhere. I mean, look at the, the second most murderous country in the history of the world was the Soviet Union next mm -hmm. to Mao's China. Um, those 14 post-Soviet states left, you know, and of course Russia, so you call it 15 yeah. uh, post-Soviet mm -hmm. states were created non-violently. Um, it almost went to violence, but, it was, but no blood was shed whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if the second most murderous nation in the history of the world could separate peacefully. Mm. Surely the United States can separate peacefully as well. Yeah. And it would just be such a good thing if, you know, you could get the drug war ended in the blue states, even if not in the red mm. states, and you, you could get um, 
these various libert the the parts of the liberal platform that are libertarian, the parts of the conservative platform that are libertarian, passed on the local levels because this has not been done in a advanced first world nation, and to see it working and to see these different societies working side by side, it's easy to. Um, be complacent when you're all doing, you know, the stupid stuff together. But when one person is doing something stupid and their neighbor's not, you know, the difference really starts yeah. to show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just don't have enough. Like, I think one of the reasons why Switzerland's a successful country is because they have, um, they're split into separate cantons that have their own lawmaking powers. And if, um, uh, one part of the nation passes a successful policy or doesn't have a policy on something which usually is a successful policy, yeah. you know, neighbours are inclined to have to copy it and people will actually move across the border if the house prices are too high or if the, the taxes are too high. Yeah. So they actually have to compete to keep the taxes low. Right. That can only be a good thing. And yeah. I would love to see, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of love for America, you know, um, I don't think America haters understand how important yeah. um, this experiment in liberty has been yeah. to the world, you know, for all its faults, and most of the faults are what it's done abroad. Yeah. Rather, uh, what, what but most of its faults have not been, been caused by not sticking to those basic principles on which it was founded. Right. Yeah. Right. To your point, um, I don't know what you guys, what your thought is on uh, the Portugal experiment. I believe sure. it was somewhere around 2004. They decriminalized drugs. Yeah. All drugs. And if I, if I remember, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, there was a slight spike in drug use the first mm. year or so. And then it's just, you know, dwindled down yeah. and less people are doing drugs. Yes. Less people are overdosing and dying. Um, you know, more people are getting treatment. Now, I don't think their model is perfect because it's not a, yeah. a true pro-liberty model. Yeah, yeah, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, they take taxpayer dollars yeah. to, uh, to fund the treatment, which, yeah. you know, we, we don't agree with philosophically, yeah. but we would want it to be a voluntary, yeah. uh, donations. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you can see that, uh, that model works to reduce drug use and reduce overdoses and increase, uh, you know, a, a healthy society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and Not then, to mention saving money on locking people up for putting things in their body, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Well, but, but here, here we have we come at the crux of the matter. You know, everything's got a complex, you know, an industrial complex. Everybody knows about the military-industrial complex because that's been much sp spoken about. But there's, you know, there's an academic-industrial complex. There's a, a medical-industrial complex, and of course, there's a legal-industrial complex. When it comes to drugs, how many jobs are there that actually depend? on the drug war or on uh, and incarcerating people. You've got a whole bunch of policemen that would be out of a job for a yep. start. You've got a whole bunch of these uh, government federal agencies that would be out of jobs. You've got lawyers that would be out of jobs. You've got parole officers that would be out of jobs. You've got prison officers that would be out of jobs. You know, there's all these people with a stake in the game right. that if you suddenly legalized... Uh, no, I, I know as a libertarian, well, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They'll just have to get proper jobs that exactly. are exactly. I was going to say, yeah, that are productive. Yeah. They can just work on the other side and get yeah. hired by the actual <laughs> new drug companies yeah. that would start forming. You know, yeah, yeah. This and, is one, yeah, that I, you know, I, yeah. I love because I think um, something like. But you're okay. up against that opposition, is just what I mean. You know. Yeah, 
uh, I think when it comes to speaking on the other side, something like contract law, okay, I might be have a more radical view on this than you, although I'm sure you're open-minded to it. Yeah. I don't see any reason why contract law and torts need to be handled by the state. And people say, well, okay, all these lawyers will be out of jobs. Well, the ones that are actually good are going to be the ones working in the companies that create the new contracts that are nice and simple that anyone can understand. And yeah. you don't need, they, if they know the law, they know what's wrong with the law and they yeah. know how to make it better. And the, the ones that are actually competent could go in and replace the contract law with better laws. Whereas those who are doing a crappy job will have to, to find something that they can that they can do that's more useful. And um, I think people who are in the systems of government have a unique insight into if they're intelligent, what's going wrong there and probably are going to be needed to move towards a more libertarian society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or could be helpful. So to Vince, um, to, to finish up, I think, I mean, you've told us all about this libertopia. Um, yeah. Well, you know, libertarians, we, we don't believe in utopias. Utopias are bad, and people who try to build <laughs> utopias usually end up building living hells. Right, but you've told us about this uh, great libertarian project. If someone in this country wants to try and immigrate or... Even if just just go and visit and check it out, mm-hmm. I believe there's a website, and yeah. we will put all the links on our uh, on our podcast after the show. We'll put them down there for you so you can see them and check out the, uh, everything that Vince has been saying. But I believe there's a website for us foreign Johnnies who want to go over and, and visit, or indeed try and make the move. Where, where's that? Tell us about that. Yeah, and um, before I mention that real quick, is uh, another documentary about okay. the Free State Project is called Libertopia. So. All right. <laughs> You can go to YouTube and uh, and watch that one. This, I didn't make that. This is a separate one that was made by a real documentary filmmaker. Like okay. uh, not not that we well, I guess we are now. But um, Libertopia, great film, really well done, high production quality. Uh, so you can check that out on YouTube as well as uh, the film that I helped with, Hundred One Reasons. So uh, yeah, I mean the the website that um, yeah, we we found that a lot of people. Uh, were telling us that they would like to move to New Hampshire in the United States, um, but they can't get in. So uh, along with another uh, friend of mine, I helped create a page, uh, freestateproduct.org slash immigration. So just, you can go there right now, freestateproduct.org slash immigration. Um, that page will show you how to, uh, basically it's a two-step process. You know, one step would be uh, getting your green card so you can live and work in America. And then the other step is uh, citizenship, that way you can vote. Um, but you don't actually have to go to that second step if you don't want to. I actually knew a guy, uh, I, well I know a guy, that I, I believe he moved from, I want to say it was uh, Norway, no sorry, Finland, uh, back in the 80s. Yeah, I really want to get out of Finland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <I'm a libertarian. laughs> right. Um, so he moved from Finland in the 80s. You'd think he'd move to somewhere warmer, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's two or three degrees warmer than Finland, yeah. so he's doing it by increment. Right? I okay. guess, depending on where in Finland yeah, is, yeah. if you're all the way up north. Um, and So he moved in the 80s, and he only recently decided to get his citizenship. So you can go to get your green card and live and work in the U.S. and just keep on re-upping that uh, if you don't want to actually take the full plunge. Mm. And then when you're ready, uh, after several years, you can do the citizenship thing. Um also, when you go to freestateproduct.org slash immigration, you're going to see all the way at the bottom. If all you want to do is visit for an extended period of time, you can do that too. We have a bunch of frequently asked questions, you know, links to that and ways you can, I think it's called the J-1 visa. 
Um, so you get one of those relatively easy to get. You can uh, live in the U.S. as you know an assistant, you know an au pair as you call it. Okay. Um, if you're uh, not quite ready to make that move and you're still just interested, you can go on Twitter. So it's uh, the Twitter for the Free State product is Free State NH. So at Free State NH, uh, seventy thousand people are following uh, the FSP on Twitter, and then. <clears throat> on Facebook, we have 97,000 likes. We're almost 100,000. 100, it's just uh, uh, freestateproject.org, I think is the, the, uh, the facebook.com slash freestateproject.org. Um, there's a bunch of different Facebook groups you can join. Uh, there's one just called Free State Project as a group. I believe we have almost 10,000 people in that group. Um, and then there's even one specifically for you guys and most of your viewers and listeners um, that is for international. So you can go to FSP International. That's a Facebook group where if you have some questions about how to move internationally, you can go in that group and say, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? I need help with this and that. Um, there are nonprofits we can help you get in contact with uh, that will help you make the move. There are people in the group that have already moved. Uh, I know a guy who moved from Brazil. Uh, Carla, actually, the, Carla Garrick is the former president of the FSP. She moved from uh, South Africa. Um, the, I know there's somebody in that group that actually founded that group, the FSP International Group on Facebook. Uh, she moved from Germany. So we have a bunch of different people who have made the move. Uh, you're not going to be the first one. You're just going to be the next one. So I would encourage people to go to freesafeproduct.org slash join. Um, can I just, can I just, can I just say, though, if you are a libertarian and you live in Scotland, please stay here <laughs> and, and try and change things here. We desperately need your help. Join the Scottish Libertarian Party and try and help us change Scotland for the better. And if that doesn't work, then by all means, please go to New Hampshire. Please keep to dual citizenship. And if you've not been to our meetups yet, what is your excuse? Shame on you. Get what is your problem? Yeah. Um, other than that. Yeah, sorry. Carry uh, on. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like rapid fire get a couple of these links in here. Yeah. So We will um, put a lot of them on the, the bottom of the... Uh, yeah, something you know, we we dabble, we talk about just a little bit the hundred one reasons, um, All right, yeah. and what I'm what I'm referring to by the way is the hundred one reasons to move to New Hampshire. So you can go to freestateproject.org/slash one zero one reasons, and then I'll redirect you to the list of hundred one reasons. You're going to see um, a couple of things we talked about here today, but a whole lot more that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, and also there, there's a link to watch uh, the documentary that I helped make. Um, uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention uh, quickly. Don't, don't come up with another reason because otherwise their website name will be obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've also like redone the reasons. Over there. Okay. So we, we tend to uh, try to consolidate some of them yeah. and maybe get rid of a couple and add some more in. So it's a... Uh, Which it you've got another 101. Then you've got 101 <laughs> new reasons. True. <laughs> yeah, eventually we'll, be, we'll have to do that. Um, there is one of the reasons on there um, that that I think is amazing, and we talked about this right before we went on the air, uh, you can go and check this out, libertyballot.com. Uh, so libertyballot.com, you can see there, you just click the drop-down, you pick any town uh, in the entire state, and you click on any town, get ballot, and look at this, the, the people who love liberty in New Hampshire, they've filled out the entire ballot for you. So basically, they just tell everyone, hey, uh, go to libertyballot.com, pull up the ballot wherever you live, 
and take your smartphone or your tablet into the voting booth with you or you can print it out and take it in the voting booth with you and now you know exactly who to vote for. It's that easy because so many people, they might love liberty, but they don't have the time, money, and energy to, to go research, research every, every candidate. single candidate and look yeah. up all the different websites and all the different positions and all the different histories and stuff. There are people to do that for you. They're trusted uh, in the community. And um, so we have, we have so many different uh, things in New Hampshire that... That's actually a really great idea, and it's something we should look into doing mm -hmm. here in, in Scotland yeah. is to start investigating candidates and looking at their record on voting pro or against liberty. Yeah, and there's a um, website called theyworkforyou.com yeah. that will make our job easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap, wrap up? Wow, there's, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but I mean, we would just, I would just encourage people to visit uh, freestateprivate.org slash 101reasons and uh, just read through those. If you don't, uh, if you fall in love like I did when I, when I first read those, uh, please join at least as, as a friend of the FSP so that you can... Uh, follow along and get an email once every month or two, you know, uh, join the FSP on, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and keep an eye out. And maybe just like me, a few years from now, you'll say, you know what, I'm sick of banging my head against the wall and not getting anywhere. I'd like to move to New Hampshire. And I know a lot of your viewers and listeners are uh, from outside the United States. And, you know, it can be done. You can move to the U.S., uh, and I hope that all three of you guys, along with all of your viewers and listeners, will uh, join us in New Hampshire. That would be awesome. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Please tell our audience to be libertarians. Believe in liberty. It is the uh, consistent philosophy of nonviolence. Don't be a lefty. That's or a righty. Be libertarians. If you want more Scottish Liberty podcasts, remember to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud.